We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. M-Prize debit cards are contactless, like Dan Sorensen in the box. Secure and faster than ever. So fast, they're giving the cheetah a run for his money. M-Prize Bank member, FDIC. So appreciative of them and all they've done for KC Sports Network. It's been wonderful partnering with them and cannot speak highly enough of M-Prize. I also cannot speak highly enough of my dear pal sitting here with me. Not the guy I normally get to hang out with on this show. Find him on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Tucker, hi. Hi, Kent. How are you doing today? Usually when we do this show, I'm on the other side of the wall. I'm on the virtual wall, and I'm I'm running the ones and twos behind the scenes. Listen, I'll still be running the ones and twos. If you have comments, make sure to throw them in there. I think this show is going to be more uh, user engaged. I think we're going to have some more engagement with with people who are watching live on this live edition of the KC Laboratory because, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about about that game. That game was very (laughs) heated and (laughs) we could get into some stuff, Kent. We we can and let's do it. We've we've got plenty to get into. There's going to be a lot of takes flying. We're going to try to get your guys' takes flying a little bit on this show. Craig is in Vegas. Uh, he is not placing yes. bets on the Chiefs odds to win the Super Bowl right now. He's got, you know, some other work-related stuff. Maddie's flying back from Kansas City to, <laughs> to Carolina right now. So uh, that's why it's me and Tucker hanging out tonight. So they'll all be, uh, you know, they'll, uh, Maddie will be back on, on, uh, on the Thursday show. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have him back. Craig will be back next week. But We've got plenty to uncover, and it's it's good that you guys got to hear a little bit from them. They're kind of post mortem on that game uh, during the KCSN post game show. So if you if you do want to hear a little bit more from them too, after you're done listening to this, maybe go check them out too. Uh, <laughs> and we are right off the bat, that Andrew Richard six, the Chiefs broke up the laboratory. Uh, you know what? It, it's a it's a pretty fractured environment right now here. Obviously, extremely contentious, very tense. And uh, I don't really know if we're going to overcome it. I mean, Soli's blaming us uh, right now on Twitter for, for the two and three start too right now. And man, it just, it feels weird. It feels weird to see this two and three start from this, this team. And, you know, I think there's a lot to unpack, but I mean, Tucker, we really didn't get a lot of your thoughts yesterday. I think just overall, before we get too far down the rabbit hole here, 
just how do you feel coming out of that game? I think the buzzword kind of from the press conferences, from from everything that was said from players was embarrassing. And I think embarrassing is the right word. That's not what we're used to Chiefs football looking like. Mistakes, mental mistakes on special teams, on offense, on defense. That hasn't happened the past three years since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. Maybe it's just the other side of the coin. You know, the lady luck rearing, rearing back her ugly head, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, one one could say. But I think it's just one of those things. It's just so uncommon that uh, Chiefs fans aren't used to it. And so it's one of those things where you don't know how to react. I know personally, you know, I'm not very young. I mean, I'm not very old. I'm 23 <laughs> years old. I've I have seen some pretty bad Chiefs teams, the two and fourteen team, the Romeo Cornell era, you know, the Todd Haley era. But most of my impressionable life has been during the Andy Reid era, which have been some pretty good football teams. Like it or not, Alex Smith was a pretty darn good football player. They were able to do some some damage, maybe not in the playoffs, but in the regular season, they they had some they found some success. So it's kind of foreign to me myself when we start to look at these chiefs teams and say oh they're two and three like this is kind of uncharted territory and superstitious fans will probably say it's our fault because we started a new network and everything like that (laughs) and you guys jump ship but that's not really what it's all about we don't have any control over that i'm not very superstitious because it's too much work to be superstitious tucker thank you thank you so much for clarifying that yes, that welcome. it really isn't our fault. I really appreciate you making sure everybody knows <laughs> that superstitions aren't real. I really genuinely, you know, I'm I'm glad that you you clarified that. Tucker, I I'm thinking, you know, this feels different than anything we've had in the Patrick Mahomes era. This doesn't even I I, I you know I made the comment, "Hey, look, the Chiefs started 6 and 4 the year that they won the Super Bowl and, yeah. and they, you know, there's a lot of circumstances around that, a lot of Patrick Mahomes health um, but even when he wasn't healthy, they lost some games that they shouldn't have lost with right. the defense looking absolutely horrendous, uh, mind you. But this feels different. This 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 loss, mm-hmm. this start to the season feels a lot different than what we're used to. And it's the first time I think we've really experienced this in the Mahomes era. You know, the, the Chiefs defense was bad in 2018. They were oh. really bad. But the Chiefs still won at a ridiculous rate. They started hot and they 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 won a lot of football games and this team isn't. So there are, you know, fundamental mistakes and fundamental issues with this team that are compiling in a different way than when you saw when the Chiefs went on a historic run offensively in 2018. And and it didn't really matter, you know, that their defense wasn't particularly good. It's it's seeming to matter. And I don't think it's that the offense is just taking such a drastic step back because if you look some of the st- statistics, it's it's really the turnovers. I mean, outside of the turnovers, yeah. the Chiefs are looking like one of the best offenses in, in the NFL, believe it or not, from a statistical perspective. I believe there are some stats before this game. They were 3.5 uh, points per possession. That's absurd. That's absurd numbers. Right. Teams don't do that. But it's just, you know, the margin for error with the defense has just been so slim. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's It feels different because even, you know, Patrick Mahomes has overcome that defense before. He has. Yeah, I, that's really interesting. There's a comment I want to throw up here. 
uh, from from Noah. He said, "We've seen the Chiefs one and five and finished eleven and five. Everyone needs to relax." That was Alex Smith. We have Patrick Mahomes. A part of me wonders if that's part of the problem. Not not saying Patrick Mahomes is a part of the problem, but that thought process of okay, Patrick Mahomes can fix everything. Is that putting too much pressure on Patrick Mahomes? I understand he's well, been there before; he's been to the Super Bowl. But I, that's that's something that I think of is like Chiefs fans are saying, "All right, Patrick Mahomes, he can fix everything." Yeah, but like the defense needs some serious help. The problem is Tucker that Patrick Mahomes has fixed everything to this point. Right. Like that's yeah, the reality yeah. of it, because like to this point in his career, like we all do would just assume, yeah, it's okay because we have Patrick Mahomes, and and that that. That doesn't change, and that sentiment shouldn't change in its entirety. But he can't cure everything, and he does kind of – he's playing a little bit right now like a guy that feels the burden of having – like I think I saw someone say – it might have been Darren Olofsky saying Patrick Mahomes drops back every every play looking like he's trying to score 21 points. And he really is, and he's wanting to try to make something happen down the field, and he's having to force himself to be patient. And with the game scripts that the way that they are and the struggles that this team is having – you know, and, and as much effort as teams are trying to, you know, to put forth to eliminate explosive plays and him having a dink and dunk down the field, it is testing yeah. his patience with with everything kind of compounding the way it is. And I think that's why I really liked what we saw from the Eagles game with him is, you know, he just took everything as it was coming to him. He slowed down. He didn't try to do too much. He just went out there and just methodically embarrassed the Eagles. Well, when things aren't going your way, especially in a high-profile game, national television against Josh Allen, the number one contender for the AFC, and now the favorite to win the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, all these things, you know, he kind of got out outside of himself again, you know, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. trying to do a lot right now. But to this point, he's all, he's bailed this team out in so many different ways, and that's what's so fascinating yeah. about where we're at with this team is – you know, Mahomes does not cure all. He cannot cure all. He can cure a lot, and he has in a very short amount of time to the point where we just believe him to be an inevitability because to this point he has. Yeah. yeah. And now they're sitting two and three, and they don't look like they don't look like one of the three or four best teams in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, they're last in their division. I mean, they're last in the AFC West, and they're looking up at teams like the Chargers, who they've already lost to, the Raiders, and the Broncos, who really haven't played anybody. We can talk about they, that when, when the time. But Yeah, we got time. Get I got takes. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you start looking at that's that's just some of the things that come to my head of like, okay, these problems have really been there, right? These problems aren't, I don't think, new problems. Dan Sorensen missing tackles is not a new problem. Anthony Hitchens running away from players, I don't really think is a new problem. It's just that Patrick Mahomes has been able to mask it that I think now that it feels uh, new. But I don't, and and I and I wanted to make this point earlier too is that I don't think that there's a fix for this defense on this team. They're on the roster. There's there's no one that's going to make this defense seem better. People wanted to make it out that Willie Gay was going to be the savior, right? If you got on Twitter, people were saying Willie Gay is going to come back. This defense is going to be fine. Guess what? He came back. It wasn't fine. So I just think that there there's has to be some I I know it's early to say this it's week 5 right but it, there's going to need to be some changes. Well week 5 is not a small sample size. Yeah. Tucker we're like a third of the way through the season. This is not some minuscule sample size. You 
pretty much are there's a there's there's a saying like you kind of are who you are after about you know a four or five game sample size there's not going to be some magic pill that this team takes that all of a sudden their defense is going to be noticeably better i don't think you're going to be able to really turn this thing around you know between week six and week 18 to a point where you're going to just feel confident going into these games the chiefs are going to have to figure out a different way to win some of these games and i think you kind of saw that already I think Andy's starting to get that vibe and get that feeling because you saw him being in some situations a little bit more aggressive on fourth down. He went for a fourth and five because I think he knew he couldn't flip the script too drastically. He couldn't. He really needed to get points on the board. He he couldn't just give the ball back to them, which was also interesting and inexcusable. Why later in the game in the second half, after the yeah. Chiefs you know get into a fourth and manageable on the first drive after forcing a punt, they punt. They punt. They give the ball back, and then the they the, the defense forces another four, you know, three and out, and the Chiefs throw a pick six. Like, I there's 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 something about this team that I that I I think I just as I've been thinking about the last couple of days or not last uh, last day, you know, last mm-hmm. what hours twenty hours, right? The timing for this team could not be worse. When yeah. I say that, I mean, you know, the, the defense does something well, something good, and the offense can't capitalize. The offense is humming, and the turnovers that they are, you know, giving away happen at, you know, in the red zone. The ball's turned over in the red zone. Just, just this, this awful timing across the board, horrendous. I don't want to say it's bad luck. It's a little bit of bad luck. It absolutely is a little bit yeah. of bad luck. I will not, you know, I, I don't, I think they are experiencing a little bit of bad luck, but also at the same time, the turnover level that they have is unacceptable. They're fumbling the ball in special teams. You know, even I, we don't, it doesn't even have to necessarily be turnovers. It's, it's drops. There's some horrendous drops. Yeah. Tyree kill had a couple terrible drops. One leading to a pick six. I mean, Tyreek Hill. Here, how about we'll say this: Tyreek Hill cost the Chiefs ten points yesterday because the Chiefs dropped. He dropped a third and twelve on the first possession of the game, hit him in a bad spot right between the hands, and the Chiefs had to kick a field goal. That's four points because they were that. If he catches that ball, it's first and goal on like the six, and then later in the game, crossing route through his hands, pick six. That's ten points right there. It just just right there. Now the Chiefs lost mm-hmm. by eighteen, but think about this: they get a, they get seven in the first half instead of three. They don't. They you know they even if they punt, even if they punt on that drive where Tyree killed you know, drops has the ball go through his hands. The game script's a lot different. The flow of that game is a lot different. I'm not saying they win, but maybe it's not eighteen points. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not as big of a blowout as we saw there. So. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad timing for these mistakes to be happening, and that's I mean I I think there's a little bit of luck involved, but it, I think I think it's just a, the the leaders and the best players on this team have to step up and make plays. Right, and, and we we saw that we've kind of seen that all year that it's been the luck thing, and and really to be good, you talk we talk about it all the time is. You got to be good, but just got to be kind of lucky, right? You know, the Chiefs, when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't see Tom Brady in the Patriots way. They got the one seed thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Luck kind of played into that, and it's okay to admit that, that luck is on your side, because that, that can happen. You know, Royals, the World Series, luck was on their side, too. 
every run to the championship has you have to have good skill, but you also have to have luck on your side as well. And maybe this is the flip of the coin. I think Patrick Mahomes kind of addressed that even after the game. He's like, yeah, we've had some pretty good luck in years past. Maybe now this is just kind of the flip side of it, and it'll eventually even out because that's kind of just how things go. And Ken, I think you're extremely right on the timing. The timing has been incredibly weird uh, on routes too. On routes, it's been off. You always seems like when McCole Hardman runs a route, he's either talking to Patrick Mahomes about what he should have done or, you know, that probably is a whole different issue about McCole Hardman. You know who's right on those plays? I will almost is, guarantee hundred percent of the time it's Patrick Mahomes. And you want to know why? So, no, time out real quick. You shouldn't have said yeah, yeah. you shouldn't open that Pandora's box. <laughs> the lack of trust for McColl is because he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And when he does get opportunities, sometimes he drops place. So those are those are some things there, just little things. There's lack of trust there. And boy, mm-hmm. it would be really nice if he trust if Mahomes trusted him, but he doesn't. Sorry, continue. No, and it's not just McCall Hardman either. You kind of see uh like a little bit off with you know, there's a I think the throw to Travis Kelsey that was on the third down that led to the interception against um, who did they play at home? I guess in week three, it would have been maybe um, I can't remember, but it was a Chargers. deep ball third down. Yes, it was Chargers. He threw the, the ball deeper than Kelsey was going. It was a miscommunication with there. There's been some drops and some miscommunications with Tyree Kill, as you've already mentioned. So it's not just like just because, you know, McCall Hardman has not developed that trust. It's with guys that he there's has developed with. There's, it's, there's a lot going on, and it's, there's a lot to kind of process here. And that's not even talking about, which I think is a, is a really good point about when the defense does something good, the offense was usually able to capitalize off of it, right? We're, we were used to it fans saying, okay, Tyron Matthews gets an interception. That's usually seven points coming the other way for the Chiefs. That's not been the case this year. They, the, uh, the defense forces rarely forces turnovers now, I should say. And then <laughs> once it happens, just a punt, Tucker. Give me a yes. give me a punt. Just just a turnover on downs, essentially. And <laughs> they can't they can't capitalize on it, which is incredibly frustrating. And the offense listen, that game last night was just was not just about the defense. The defense can no. be the punching bag all they want, but the offense played a fair role in that game of, of, of dropping it. They did not score when they needed to kind of took themselves out of it. The play calling was, I don't think the best of Andy Reed's career. They wasted a timeout, I think early in, in the uh, first half and second half. It, it, it was weird. It was a real vintage Andy Reed time management uh, type of performance. Um, the play calling, they try to get too cute in the red zone. I don't like it when they do that. Um, when they try to cause all that fake confusion, the bills didn't fall for it at all. Um, they just all stood there and were like, okay, just snap the ball. Um, that's essentially what happened. And man, it's just so frustrating to see them. I know they're trying to get a spark something, but the defense looked lost. I mean, we could talk about Dan Sorensen probably for a whole podcast about, I, I why saw hey, still on the field. Tucker, I saw yeah. a comment about Dan Sorensen from Drewby. We'll get that one up. Let's get a few of yeah, these comments. Up. I want to run through Let's a few of these up. comments because we want to give you guys a chance today to air some grievances, get some takes off. Uh, we we want to kind of give you guys a chance today. So if you're wherever you're watching, you just throw some comments up and and we'll try to get some of those up today on this show because we want to turn it over to you a little bit. Ang- <laughs> Angry drunken German. Mahomes can't fix Sorensen. That's exactly right. He can't. And I mean, true. there's only so much he can do. Uh, 
I, you know, I, I saw Drew Brie, Drew B say Tyreek cost at least seven points and Dirty, Dirty Dan cost us 14. There it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about, I mean, here's the thing. We know we, we just, we just, I, we just talked about, you know, like seven, 10 points from, from Tyreek Hill cost them. Yeah. And then Dan Sorensen, a couple, I don't, I have no clue what Dan Sorensen's purpose is right now. And I think one of, you know, I think Tyron Matthew, just if you read between the tea leaves, this isn't an insider thing. If you read between the tea leaves, I think Dan Sorensen, I think Tyron Matthew's been a big advocate of Dan Sorensen all the way back to the Super Bowl year. You know, Tyron Matthew is cutting, you know, uh, taking a picture of Dan Sorensen in an, in an empty film room in the dark, breaking down tape, you know, trying to get extra tape work, working a couple of days before the Super Bowl. And so I think Tyron Matthew has been a big advocate for Dan. But then what's today? What's what's the photo of today? It's Tyron, Tyron Matthew, hands extended, looking yep. at Dan Sorensen, gave two massive plays up, and both of them were his fault. And I think Andy even alluded to that. You know, like it's it's just the the decision making from a roster construction. Oh, how about this? Another week, another Dave Tobe Pet getting another penalty. This is every single week. The guys at the bottom of this roster that everybody was like, really? He made the roster? The special teams only players that can't find the field on defense. Chris Lamont, Dorian O'Daniel. What are they doing? They're out there making penalties. I just I, like some of the decision making on this roster. It's why is Dan Sorensen play? Why are we rostering all these guys, these key special teamers, with the penalties? Like these little mistakes, these little decisions keep compounding. I think there's a lot of little decisions compounding with this organization right now. We could talk about the draft too if we want, because the lack of blue click blue chip player in the Brett Veach era, it's pretty damning. It really is. Look at his track record now. The sample size is big enough with these draft prospects. You know, and, and there's fatal flaws to some of their high-value picks. Derek Nottie is a, you know, Derek Nottie's one of the better players in Brett Veach's draft history. And Derek Nottie is a two-down player. And that's it. And he's not even having his best year either. There, there's no pass rush ability. There's no ability to be- affect the passer. What's his strength? Defending the run. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, how many 30-yard runs is this guy going to break in the National Football League? He tries to get the edge. He can get outrun by defensive ends. There's a limitation to his athletic profile. He's not able to separate as a pass catcher, which is, I mean, frankly, I'm surprised. I was a big Clyde Edwards-Alaire fan. I thought he was a perfect fit for this chief offense as, as a running back. But the athletic profile is limiting his ability. We talk enough about Nick Bolton, but you already know it's the same thing. His yeah. abilities in the in the space that matters the most in the game of football are, you know, he's he's a two-down player that can't cover. The Chiefs got some two-down players that can't cover. And they've spent a lot of early draft capital on them. It's it's infuriating. It is. And I'm not gonna say anything about Nick Bolton until I've been until I'm wrong. And I haven't <laughs> been wrong yet. So I'm not gonna say anything else because I mean we already know how where I stand on Nick Bolton. This is another good comment here from Noah. Uh, why do you think the Chiefs couldn't beat cover two yesterday? It's not a new theme for teams to play us that way. It's not a new theme because they put those two high safeties up there just to kind of dare Mahomes not to throw deep essentially. And I think it kind of gets into that, okay, now playing from behind 
Mahomes has to feel like he has to throw deep, and I think it's one of those things where he doesn't really want to take like like you like you mentioned, Kent. He was taking what defense was giving him against Eagles. He didn't really do that yesterday, I don't think, against the, against the Bills. And I think that's kind of what it was. And they've got some dudes on that defense. Let's not act like the Bills' defense is scrubs or anything like that. Like, that Bills' defense is pretty good. Gregory Rousseau made one hell of a play for that interception, that that tip out there. I liked Rousseau out of the draft. He also had, um, I mean, what was it, Tredavious White? Did he get that interception? Did it fall into his lap? Um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the corners. But, I mean, man, they've, they've got good guys out there. One thing that you guys should pay attention to on the KCSN substack coming in uh, on tomorrow is you know, we talk specifically about two-man coverage. Uh, I wrote an article today about two-man coverage. That's what the Bills were defaulting to on third down uh, this week. And there was some success and failure against it, but it was a good little mixture for, you know, you know to kind of throw some things. It looked like they were playing a lot of zone early downs. But then when it was getting to third down, specifically the third and longs, and the Chiefs were getting to a lot of third and longs, they're getting some third and long situations, especially early in the game, looking at the opening script. And, you know, Mahomes' legs were able to beat it from time to time. But, you know, the Chiefs also weren't able to make them pay for two-man either. I think two-man makes a lot of sense, uh, especially, you know, like basically, you know, hey, Mahomes uses his legs. Okay, so you're going to force Mahomes to be running all over the field, chance for injury getting some closure on the sidelines, maybe getting some shots in there out on the edge. I mean, it, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice, you know, it's a good idea for these defenses. And I think you yeah. saw that bear out a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, the Chiefs were having some success against it. I'm not going to act like they did it. And some of it was self-inflicted, but, you know, I, it, it, it closed the margin for error on a few plays for sure. So, you know, the Chiefs haven't really been able to consistently make teams pay. And, and 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 the Bills did a great job of mixing things up. And then that's kind of what they were defaulting to on third down a little bit. And, man, it was it was ugly. It was really ugly. All right, Tucker, I want to get some more comments. Let's try to get some more people involved yeah, here. Oh, Michael Becker. Also, Reed hasn't been good enough to justify moving Jones to the end. Uh, you're right. Uh, on multiple counts. You know, We've talked a, bit, a little bit about this. I really believe that the Chiefs are trying to do what they can. We'll start, I, I, Reed, Reed's, Reed's been bad. Like I think there's no way, there's yeah. no other way around that. But also, I think just the, the Chris Jones conversation needs to be had too. Is they've done a lot to try to build some. You know, they're they're trying to find a way to make Chris Jones fit the absolute best he can. Chris Jones has limitations in the run game. And some of it's self-inflicted because some of it just is flat-out effort. He just kind of stands up and occupies space sometimes. He really doesn't try to get off blocks all that much against the run game. Sometimes he's just going out of his own gap to make splash plays. And the problem is, and you kind of notice this with Spagnolo to a fault, I think, because of guys like Dan Sorensen wanting to be assignment sound, is that if you don't have a lot of cohesion and gap responsibility, being assignment sound in the run game, it can lead to a lot of fatal errors. And so the Chiefs are trying to eliminate some of those fatal errors that Chris Jones presents in the run game. But now he's not really getting a ton of splash plays either. And I don't know if that's the position switch. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly, here's, here's the thing. I know everybody's complaining about why he hasn't even been able to kick inside. I think they're trying to kick him, side when, kick him inside when they can. But the situation hasn't pre presented himself all that much right. because the defense has been so bad on early downs. Mm -hmm. And so there's just there's a lot of complications there. And he's not healthy either. Chris Jones has got yeah. a wrist injury. I mean, he missed this game. You know, we forget that. He missed this game. I don't think he closes the gap by 18 points. But, boy, if he makes a couple splash plays, Tyreek Hill 
has a good performance or an average performance where he doesn't drop two passes in key situations. I mean, you're talking about, you know, there, there's some things there that could have gone the Chiefs way a little bit differently. But, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of layers to that whole Chris Jones conversation, I think. And we're going to have to continue to explore that, I think, through the rest of the year, continue to observe and kind of navigate that because, I mean, they're have, I think they're, I think they're having an identity crisis with Chris a little bit, which is why they moved him. Uh, yeah. They, they, they don't move, they don't move Chris Jones if everything's going right. How about that? And so I think that I mean, tells that, you, yeah. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the Chris Jones situation the last couple of years. Maybe, maybe there's been some things there that don't all, you know, uh, we've justified the splash plays, but those don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they matter, but they, in the grand scheme of things, you have to look at it from a 50,000 foot view. I, I think so too. And and one of the points that kind of Maddie and I, during that extended halftime looked up and kind of crunched the numbers on is uh, I had a buddy of mine text me. Uh, he said, Hey, how much of the, the payroll uh, is, is defensive players? How much, how much is it? And I said, it's gotta be a decent amount. So we went and looked 55% of the chiefs total cap is spent on the defense with you know 26 of that going to the defensive line you've got a lot of money invested in that defensive line that's not getting any pressure at all and that doesn't just fall on chris jones that doesn't just fall on frank clark that's also jaron reed too uh jaron reed has not played good I, i i know that that's kind of I feel like it's not being talked about a whole lot, but I feel like we have talked about it, right? Does that seem weird? I feel like there's been just bigger issues than Jared Reed There's just so many big issues. There's just so many big issues. Yeah, there is. And and I think that that's kind of a little frustrating with with what the defense is, is there's a lot of return on investment. I've talked about return on investment. I think every time I've been talking with you guys and we want to see that return on investment. And this is a good one. Just speaking about the defensive line for Matthew S here. Do you try and trade Chris Jones after this, after this season? It, what do you think? Can I, I've got to see some first. Yes. I think I I've been saying this last couple of weeks and I think you should blow. I think the chiefs need to blow this thing up in its entirety. And that includes Chris Jones because Chris Jones uh, is a way you can save a lot of cash. You can get an asset for him because he is an exceptional pass rusher. But I just think, you know, this team, this defense has an identity crisis. I think they've tried to figure out ways to build a defense around Chris to what Maddie's been talking about the last, you know, the last couple of weeks. Trying to build a defense around Chris, I think, has proven to be a little bit difficult because they're trying to they're trying to make him make the most sense in Kansas City, which is why they're moving him up and down the defensive line. And I think I think I honestly think you have to have the Tyron Matthew question too. I'm not sure you can't, I'm not sure you don't blow this thing up. You cut Clark. You cut Hitchens. I'm not sure you extend Tyron Matthew. I'm not sure you don't try to get an asset for Chris Jones because I think there's probably some defensive schemes that can help play to his strengths a little bit better, be a little bit more forgiving with some of his, you know, issues in in, in stuff like that. So I'm not sure you don't do that. And I know that's pretty drastic, but and I think honestly, I think Chris is the last guy you hang on to. You or the you know yeah I think the the yeah the last you know the one you if you're gonna hang on to one it's undoubtedly Chris, but I'm not sure you don't look and just try to blow this thing up, get some addition you know get a bunch of cap space, get some draft picks and try to completely overhaul this thing. You know Von Miller might be a guy you go take a look at and, and throw into the mix because he's having an outstanding season. Get a couple other guys to build around and 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 I, you can't really build around Von, but you know you've got to I I think you need to have a long hard look at that entire defensive structure because. 
it's horrendous. I mean, it's historically bad. It's historically bad. Ooh, Nate Dog, would you elevate Sam Madison or look elsewhere? Oh, <laughs> I don't, you know, man, that's tough. I, mm -hmm. If you ask Craig and Matt, and you kind of look at some of the stuff that they've been talking about the last couple of weeks, just to harken back to some of the stuff that we've been having the conversation about. I don't think this is a, entirely a Spags problem. I think there are some Spags issues. Spags is trying a lot of different things right now. Yes. And it's not that he is without blame because I think some of the personnel decisions that are being made probably have some Spags flavor. But guess what? Hey, there's a lot of turmoil in the defensive backfield right now, too. There's a lot of turmoil in the defensive backfield right now. And I like Sam Madison. I think he's done a lot, getting a lot out of those corners. But there's a lot of there's there's a lot of issues in the back end there, too. Um, so I don't really know if there, if this is, requires a drastic shape shakeup of the defensive staff right now. I just I think it's a I think it's a talent problem. I think the drafts are catching up to them. I think the reasons that there's been concern, you know, from some corners of the, you know, yeah, look, we okay, we're the draft nerds, right? We are, you know, we 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 kind of nerd out and there's a lot of wonderful people here in Kansas City that draft that, you know, that kind of nerd out as well about the draft. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of work on the draft and it's fun to see how passionate yeah. Chiefs fans and and Chiefs analysts are about the draft. It's really fun to have a lot of those people. I think it's it's you know, there there's so much optimism about every draft pick that your team has, right? Mhm. Mm Man, there's a lot of reasons these guys will succeed and fail. And I think, you know, you, you got to look at the reasons a guy will succeed and will and the reason a guy will fail. And I think there's a lot of players that have limiting factors in their game. And I think you're starting to see that there's, there, you know, there, there's not a blue chip because there's not a guy capable of being a blue chip. There's not very many of those guys. I think Juan Thornhill was a guy that could have been, but there's very obviously some issues there. I mean, the Chiefs are almost done with his contract. He's more than half of the way through his rookie contract. Yeah. You know, Legere Sneed ups and downs his sophomore year. I still think there's a lot of ability there. He could be a guy that could become a blue chip, but I think the be the best chance of the blue chip right now is Trey Smith, but you're paying for the sins of some really bad, really poor, really limited drafting the last three years that have, you know, there's no ceiling to a lot of the players that this team has taken and the guys with the ceilings haven't been able to live up to it largely. Yeah, and I think that's what's kind of so frustrating about it. There's been a lot of comments about – I could throw a ton of comments up here about fire Veach. When's Veach going to be good? When's Veach going to get the heat? I think it's starting to happen now, right? I think people are starting to say, okay, hang on, Brett Veach. What have you What have you actually done? I think people are starting to look at Brett Veach's resume, and some people are you know, jumping the gun. I'm not fire Veach yet. I'm too – okay. Let's maybe take a look and, and assess where he's at after this year. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of things saying on on our comment section here, just in the chat, saying Spags needs to go. You know, you talked, you touched on the the defensive shakeup. I don't think that's a, uh, that's really what's going to happen. Um, I don't think Veach is going to be fired. I don't think it's going to be a personnel. A, a coaching staff, I should say, mix up. I think the the first mix up that's going to happen is Jimmy's and Joe's. You know, you can have all the X's and O's you want. I've started to learn this kind of as a, as a coach myself. You can you can scheme up the best thing in the world to go against what they have. If you don't have the Jimmy's and Joe's to execute it, it doesn't mean a darn thing. So I think that's kind of where it's at right now, and that's when, where I start looking at this Chiefs roster, the depth. You're thinking, man, do they have any of these Jimmys and Joes that can come out here and and execute that? And, and I think 
I think this angry junk in German has brought this up a lot. We have talent. The questioning isn't why are they performing? I mean, we I, saw. I, we I, saw I'll, them. I'll, I'll challenge that a little bit, though. I'll actually challenge okay. that a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. On and all due respect, angry junk in German. <laughs> uh, I don't think they have talent on defense. I don't think they have that much talent on defense right now. I think their linebacker level is abysmal. There's such a complete lack of functional athleticism that it is making it impossible for this team to have any success at the second level of their defense. Anthony Hitchens, beyond being a poor athlete, looks lost, which should not be happening in year three, especially a guy that's right. you know so <laughs> so critical to getting them lined up, and that's straight from Spags. You know, we've talked about Nick Bolton. His that's the the role Nick Bolton is in is not the role he should be playing. Um, no, just inarguably, he just he he does not have the functional athleticism. Jaron Reed looks looks does not look like the same guy that he, that had a lot of success in Seattle. Derek Nottie, limited player. There's no pass issues. Frank Clark injuries and and all kinds of stuff there have really you know he hasn't been able to step up and make the kind of plays that he did early, you know, during that, during that Super Bowl run, you know, and, um, you know, he's not the same. I mean, he's still a good run defender. He's their best run defender, I will argue, but there's only so much that matters. And he's not the same guy as a run defender. He was even two years ago. There's, there's a lot to unpack with that situation. And then, you know, Juan Thornhill cannot be trusted by this defensive staff. There are issues there that are keeping him from playing at, at you know, getting enough snaps. Yeah. The chiefs, the Chiefs aren't blind. They know Dan Storenson stinks. That what does that tell you? Read between the lines. Read yeah. the tea leaves. And yeah. this team, and going back, Brett Veach has gone out of his way to not spend money at corner. He's actively avoided spending money at cornerback in his entire tenure. He's never spent more than five million dollars on a corner. He spent like four or five million on Bashad Brilliant a few years ago coming out of free agency. I think it was after the Super Bowl. And that's the most expensive cornerback that they've had. Like there is a talent problem. I really believe that. And there should not be a talent problem when you are the second most expensive defense in the NFL. It's that that's it, bad drafting, bad free agency, drafting limited players without a ceiling. I mean, he tried to, I, I here's what I think. I think Brett Veach tried to hit a bunch of singles. Hopefully a couple stretching the doubles in the draft and he struck out mm. on a lot of different players. And that's really tough. And it's it's a complicated, it's a complicated history with Brett Veach because there are some things I like. And I do I there's some things with his process I like, but then there's just some things that just make me want to scratch my head. Yeah. Ken, I've been thinking about this kind of mulling it over. And, and I've had conversations with many people, BJ Kissel included, about the Chiefs seems like they wanted to stay the same, right? They won the Super Bowl, they brought back all of these starters. They wanted to stay the same, but in the NFL, if you stay the same and aren't improving, is that a, is that the problem? Is that the problem that the chiefs are trying to stay the same instead of trying, I'm not saying they're not trying to improve, but trying to keep the same core together instead of bring new blood in there. And this Fagnolo little, I don't want to call it a cult, but that was the first kind of word that came to my head. He wants guys that are in a system who know the system, that has almost hurt the Chiefs' defense to this point, I think. The only thing the Chiefs' defense has done the last two years since winning the Super Bowl is get older. Haven't made yeah. any key additions yeah. that have changed the outlook of this team. Uh, draft picks haven't. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's, I mean, there's just, there's a lack of talent and, you know, the guys that were key pieces of that Super Bowl run are two years older than they were now. They're hurt. They're unathletic. They're, they're, they've lost athleticism. They've lost a step. They're still getting trusted. And that's a problem. Right. You know what's not a problem, Tucker? But a Mackinac's in Kansas City would not be a problem. But it's a problem now that it's not in Kansas City. Listen, everybody, you need a Mackinac's wherever you are. And guess what? There's great news. If you live, at the Lake of the Ozarks, you have one now at KK Crossing. Look at that glorious face. Just looks like Craig Stout. So just remember that every time you go into a McDonald's, wow, that's like Craig Stout. But they have phenomenal customer service. They've got the best selection of wine, liquor, beer, spirits, anything you want. You can find our partners, 360 Vodka. Anything you want from the Holiday Distillery, you can find that at a McAdoodles. You will absolutely love a McAdoodles. So make sure you get one to Kansas City. I've loved my experiences there. Craig has never steered me wrong in life and never with liquor either. He loves McNoodles. He would not steer you wrong in this either. If we didn't like McNoodles, we wouldn't be talking about them. So if you are interested in bringing a franchise near you, email Roger at info at McNoodles.com for more information. How's that, Kent? That was wonderful. You did a phenomenal job, Tuck. Let's get a few more comments in here from some people before we get out of here i like uh, this one. Ooh, andrew richards we have worse linebackers now than 2018 um you know it's tricky because i think the linebackers have just consistently been terrible for the last four years but everything else around them has just been so bad that it makes them look even worse mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, they're bad though. Don't get me wrong. Like I mean, they're, they're all terrible. Chris Kiltz, they they were fooled by an average team with th- three stars on offense. Yeah, I think that's fair yeah. too. I think that that's very fair. Um, here's another one about linebackers. Willie can at least add some athleticism to the linebackers. You're right, and I think there's some hope that 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 happens. But man, yeah. you got something tough. Yeah, I, I've seen – I can't remember where the comment came. It's been buried by now. One of them is saying – I think Craig has also said this in the Discord of just put the athletes out there. Just If you want – if you if you're going to fail, fail with your athletes out on the field. I think that's kind of the mindset that we all want to think, I guess, so that we want to have happen. That you, That's what you want to happen. Your young guys, if you're going to fail, fail with your young guys. Build experience, everything like that. But as you mentioned earlier, kind of with Juan Thornhill – um what what is that like if if you if you're not getting the young guys out on the field that's a problem you're not getting those guys reps anything like that so i think that that's going to be something interesting uh, to see develop here all right well that is going to do it for the casey laboratory <laughs> i have a special visitor here uh crashing the party say hi cam hi say go chiefs And despite all these issues, we're still rooting for our favorite football team in the world. Thank you to so much to Emprise Bank for all they've done. And thank you to my friend Tucker Franklin for filling here on this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you guys. All right, we'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.